On this week's Adam Schefter podcast, we begin to turn our attention to the Combine in Indianapolis later this month and NFL free agency next month. And to get started with the Combine, the biggest storyline there will be Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray and the man whose career might be most directly related to Murray's at a similar point might just be former Florida State quarterback and Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Charlie Ward, who chose the NBA after becoming a first-round pick from the New York Knicks over the NFL. Ward talks about what Murray is and will continue to go through. And then we'll bring on the Patriots' mammoth left tackle, Trent Brown, who's coming off winning a Super Bowl, protecting Tom Brady's blindside, and now getting ready to become an unrestricted free agent. And then we'll take your calls and your questions. Another weekly edition of Ask Adam. But first we started off with the former first round draft pick of the New York Knicks, Charlie Ward. Hello, Charlie. What's up, Adam? How are you doing? Have your phone lines been lighting up since all this Kyler Murray news came out? I wouldn't say lighting up, but I've been doing interviews um, about him you know, since the Heisman. Yeah. Before the Heisman. Well, it's interesting because really when you look at it now, there really isn't a closer comparison than you. I know that people talk about other two sports stars like Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders, but they didn't play quarterback. They didn't have the choices that you did. So I guess my thought would be when you look at the Kyler Murray situation, what goes into your thought process as to what he's thinking? Uh, well, I guess the first thing is, you know, I'm I'm glad that he, you know, left his options open. You know, his his situation is, was a little different than mine when it came to, you know, his options because he got drafted, you know, in the first round of uh, Major League Baseball. So he had something in the in the bag in the sense of, you know, a job. And, you know, I guess his decision – was um, was made tougher when, you know, he won the Heisman and then he got a draft grade, you know, of a first-round pick. And so now it's just a matter of, you know, whether he wanted to focus on football or not. Um, and then baseball was kind of left, you know, holding the bag once he decided that he wanted to focus on football. Not meaning, you know, that means he, he can't go back to baseball. But... Um, you know, the decision, I'm sure it was a tough one because, I mean, you, you, you're making a decision on your future and you're not 100% sure on what, what, what's going to happen. And, you know, for me, it was very similar because I wanted to keep my options open, uh, very similar to what Kyler uh, did, but, you know, saying that he's going to think about, you know, the NFL draft and once he made his decision, uh, he did. Uh, unlike Kyler, I didn't make a decision as far as what I was going to focus on 100%. Um, I just knew that I wanted to keep my options open uh, after basketball season. Well, it actually started during basketball season my senior year when I decided to play basketball. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to be 100% committed to the NFL because I heard my draft grade was like third or fourth round. And and the times have changed as well. So um, I'm happy that, you know, 
smaller quarterbacks are getting opportunities to get drafted in the first round um, and, you know, get legit opportunities. Uh, not saying that I, I didn't have legit opportunities, but it just wasn't prevalent during my time of getting drafted in the first round. It's a different world today. If you were playing football today and were coming out with the way the teams now look at quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks, do you think you would have been a first-round pick today, Charlie? Uh, I don't know if I'd have been a first-round pick. Uh, probably would have had an opportunity. Um, the chances would have been totally different, and also it made my decision a little bit tougher uh, when it came down to which sport I was going to pursue the most. Um, I didn't give up 100% on the NFL. Um, I just wasn't committed to it uh, 100%, which, you know, they wanted me to give up the option of playing basketball. Um, and But I didn't want to because, like I said, I was a third or fourth round draft pick. But, you know, in today's scheme of, uh, you know, the way things are going for the smaller quarterbacks, getting opportunities in first round, it definitely made that, that choice a lot tougher. If I had told you that you would have been a first-round draft pick in football, would that have changed your thinking at all? Uh, yes, because my whole thought process was the NFL had the first draft, and I was, uh, you know, if I was going to be drafted in the first round. Then, you know, I would have definitely, you know, given the option of a basketball, um, because I was just a man of my word. You know, I, I, when I came out, I said that. You know, if I wasn't going to be drafted in the first round, then, you know, I was going to consider my other options, which I knew I wasn't going to get drafted in the first round. Um, but I wanted to keep my other options open um, so that I could have the opportunity to play um, in the NBA um, if I got drafted in the first round. And I think Kyler knows that he's going to be a first-round pick and probably a high first-round pick, and I think he loves football loves it more than baseball. And I think he thought that all along, that he used last year as an audition. And once he saw that he was good enough to win the Heisman and follow in the steps of Baker Mayfield, he chose to follow his love. When you watch him play, Charlie, I don't know how much you have watched him play. What goes through your mind and your assessment of his skills? Uh, well, he, he, he's definitely a guy that can, can change a game. Um, you saw that against Alabama. Um, he, he, he struggled a little early on, which most teams do against Alabama. But he was able to figure it out, uh, which was commendable for him. Um, and I felt that helped, you know, bolster his opportunity or chance to be a first-round pick by playing, in, playing a team like Alabama. Um, and it gave scouts, gave people an opportunity to see what he can do against a top-notch defense and I mean he kind of torched them once he figured out you know how he can you know make make his impact on the game and so uh that was uh you know I was happy to see him do that and I, I think that helped him you know in his draft status I'm not saying it's 100 percent but it definitely helped people to see him in a different light you mentioned times have changed in the NFL and I think they have I think teams are more open-minded to, to looking at shorter quarterbacks, guys who can make plays and win. We've seen it with Baker Mayfield and Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. 
What kind of impact do you expect Kyler Murray to have at the NFL level, Charlie? Um, I'm sure he'll uh, continue to progress um, as a quarterback, um, very similar to, you know, Baker and, you know, Drew and uh, Russell, um, how they've been able to, you know, progress over their years. And, you know, they had to figure it out. Hopefully he'll go in and talk with those guys to see what they had to do to be able to see over the line uh, or, you know, make themselves the the value quarterback that they are today. And I hope hopefully he'll take the time to seek them out and seek, you know, their wisdom um, on how they were able to uh, make it in the NFL thus far. And so um, I do believe that he'll he'll ha- he'll make his impact depending upon the team uh, because he has those he has those dynamic qualities um, that those other guys have as well. I would think that you met Kyler at the Heisman ceremony this year. Accurate? Yes, I did. And did you guys have a chance to exchange any words? Did you have any messages to? share with him in regards to his career as he begins to move forward here? Uh, well, I, I was, uh, this year is my 25th year, and so they were honoring me. And at the banquet or the dinner Sunday night, you know, I just shared with him that, you know, he should follow his heart um, and whatever he does, you know, don't have any regrets, um, whether it's baseball, football, whatever it may be, um, that, you know, don't ever have any regrets whenever you make a decision and, you know, do it, you know, as if, you know, you, you're there for the long haul. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, um, you know, uh, do you have any regrets about not playing the NFL? And I don't, you know, I, I was able to watch Steve Young play against Tampa Bay when I went to visit Warwick done. And on that day, when I got an opportunity to see Steve Young play, um, and he had a very successful game. I knew at that time that I could have played in NFL, and that was enough for me. Um, and I didn't have any regrets when I made a decision to play in the NBA. What did you see from Steve Young that made you not have regrets? Uh, well, he was a smaller guy. Uh, I mean, he was a little bit bigger and thicker, but uh, he wasn't the, the tall. In my mind, you know, you had to be 6'4", 6'3", 6'4", uh, to be, you know, effective quarterback in the NFL. That was during my time. That's my whole thought process. Maybe I was a little um, taken aback that I wasn't, you know, highly sought after, uh, whatever the case may be. But, you know, when I got an opportunity to see uh, Steve Young play, and he was a, a, a passer, but he's also a runner um, as well, and that just gave me, the understanding and know that I could have played in the NFL. It'd be interesting to see you play today in, in today's NFL, Charlotte. We'd like to see you out there. What do you think you could do? Uh, nothing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no? I'm, 40, I'm 48. So I know, I know Tom Brady is on his way to trying to play at 48, but I'm coaching high school basketball right now and enjoying that part of it. But, no, you don't want to see me at 48 trying to play in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about coaching high school basketball today, Charlie? Uh, it, it's, it's, um, it's rewarding in the sense that you get an opportunity to uh, mold young minds, uh, help kids develop 
um, their identity when it comes to, you know, playing a game of basketball or just sports in general. Uh, you know, I've been blessed to have great coaches, you know, from high school, middle school to high school to college to the professional ranks. And I work to try to mold all those um, uh, things that they brought or gave to me. I try to help our young kids develop as well. And so that's been, uh, you know, the most rewarding is just being able to help kids develop, you know, an identity um, outside of basketball, but more so, you know, developing character that will help them long term. You're 48 right now. Think back to when you were these young men's age. Are young men different today than they were when you were younger? Uh, yes, they are. However, as I've said before, and we all know, times have changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that doesn't change is, you know, being respectful, uh, treating people the right way, and uh, doing things the right way. And so no matter you know, how old or young you are, those characteristics will always be there. And so, you know, we're teaching about accountability, teaching about responsibility, uh, teaching about work ethic. All those things carry over no matter how old you are. Um, and so that, those are the characteristics that we're really instilling in them um, that will, you know, that, that are like ageless. I agree with that. Now, the other thing I want to ask you about is, your former team, the New York Knicks, they trade Chris Dapps, Porzingis, clear out cap space for two max contracts this offseason. Any expectations about this Knicks team turning it around in the future and maybe adding some star power to the roster, Charlie? Well, I, I hope so. Um, we, we've been starving for you know a playoff uh, victory for quite some time. And I, I think uh, management... Uh, you know, they're doing everything in their power to make their team competitive. Um, and so I'm not sure where they'll land in the in the sweepstakes or the lottery, but they'll they'll eventually get a, a solid basketball player. And if they can get two guys that can come in and help mold some of those young players, uh, you know, year or two, they'll definitely be, you know, in the running. So, I think they have some good young pieces there now that they can kind of build on, uh, but they need some veterans that, you know, star power veterans that can come in and help them get back. Um, It's been a while. (laughs) Get back meaning, you know, from a long time ago. Um, Just to be competitive in the East. Um, And, you know, hopefully I know they keep talking about KD and Kyrie, uh, but – if you can get those two guys together or any combination of stars to go along with the young pieces that they're going to have would definitely go a long way in, um, you know, get, getting back to, you know, the playoffs and, and make, making some noise in, in the playoffs. You know, Kevin Durant certainly hasn't sounded like somebody who's ready to make the jump to the Knicks. However, his company, 35 Levels, just leased office space in New York City. That, to me... Is interesting. I don't know if that means he is or isn't coming, but why would his company lease office space in New York City with him about to become a free agent? Interesting, right? Yeah, it's interesting, but you, it remains to be seen. You know, you never know until it actually happens. So uh, I know the Knicks fans and everyone close 
associated with the Knicks. Definitely hope that that's the case. And, you know, Anthony Davis hasn't ruled it out either, so uh, you never know. Charlie, will you watch the NFL draft to see where Kyler Murray winds up going? Uh, probably we'll watch. Um, be interesting to see where Kyler goes. Uh, but as I mentioned before, I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy for these guys getting opportunities, um, because I know that wasn't, you know, a legit opportunity for me, uh, to be a first round pick. Um, but, you know, I'm just happy for, you know, Baker and Kyler and, and guys, you know, coming up, uh, in spread systems, you know, they're getting opportunities. They may be smaller, but they're getting opportunities, uh, to, to have a legit opportunity to, They'd be a first-round pick in the NFL, which was, you know, very, very, very tough during my era. Well, Troy, I really appreciate taking some time today. Thank you very, very much. Good luck with the high school basketball team, and uh, good luck to Kyler Murray during the draft as well. All right, I appreciate it, Adam. We'll be back in a moment with Super Bowl champion Trent Brown, but first I want to tell you about Vivid Seats. Don't settle for waiting in lines. Shop for tickets to every game with the official ticket partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats. At Vivid Seats, you can see your seats before you buy them, and they're backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. You may have to find another way to spend your time besides waiting in line, but you'll be closer to the action than ever before. Head on over to Vivid Seats, the largest independent ticket marketplace around, and spend less time in the waiting room and more time in the great seats of your choice. Don't buy just any seat. Get a vivid seat. Trent. What's up? What is it like to go win a Super Bowl and now get to go become a free agent? Could there be a better time to be alive in 25? Uh, nah, it isn't. Um, I've been talking about that nonstop, honestly, since I've been traded. It's like the sequence of events has been crazy and definitely been beneficial for me and my family. Uh, it's definitely been a blessing. And uh, like I've been saying since I've been traded, God made zero mistakes. <laughs> what have the last couple of weeks been like since winning the Super Bowl? A dream. It feels almost fake. <laughs> I mean, to go from being 13 to 35 to, you know, starting out rocky and then finishing how we did, I was, that was amazing to see the resolve that we had. Uh, to finish through and finish strong. When did you know that this team was a Super Bowl caliber championship winning team? Um, I always kind of felt it, but uh, it was just a, a few loose loose ends we had to get tightened up, and um, we made it happen. When you get traded last spring, as you were, right at the time of the draft, what goes through your mind when you hear you're going to New England and you are going to be in charge of protecting Tom Brady's blind side at the left tackle position? Uh, better than ever. Uh, I definitely feel, uh, simply put, I feel like I was I was called for for the job and I I was I answered the call. And what's it like blocking for him? I mean, Tom's really the, one of the coolest guys I've ever met in my life, and it's, that's no bullshit on any stretch of the imagination. He's really a cool guy. Um, <laughs> I, that's really the only way I can say it. Like, what makes I mean, him cool, Trent? What makes him cool? I 
I don't know. He's just cool, calm, collective all the time. But, he, I mean, of course he means business and he's great at what he does. That's obvious. But uh, but what people don't see is that, that's I mean, he's the cool guy. You know what I mean? He's a nice guy, too. Genuinely yeah. nice. Yeah. Right? When yeah. people ask you what it's like to play for the Patriots, how would you describe that? The Patriot way is, is fun, winning. Uh, the brotherhood, the brotherhood, the camaraderie uh, between everybody in the facility, uh, from the lunch ladies to the custodians to uh, practice squad, everybody is, you know, uh, one family. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with you. You're a free agent. But should you leave New England, what will be the single most memorable moment of your time there, the thing you will always have in your mind? Ah, uh, man, working with Coach Scar, for sure. Coach Scarnecchia. Yes, sir. What about him stands out to you, Trent? Um, he's just, he reminds me of my dad a lot. Um, not not in stature, but definitely just how he uh, works the room, commands the room, and leads the room. Um, and he leads everybody, honestly, everybody in the facility loves Coach Scar. Uh, that's my definitely my favorite coach on the staff. My favorite coach I've had since junior college. Um, and I definitely I appreciate him more than anything. I appreciate our friendship and everything. He's made a huge difference for that team. He walked away for a while, Trent, for a year or two. And yes, sir. They were not the same line when he was gone. But when he came back, that line went right back to being what it was. Yeah. Why I, is that? I heard the- I mean, it's, I think it, it just speaks about his character and, and how he is. Uh, everybody loves him. Everybody wants to work for him. And, and how he he coaches us hard and, and loves on us at the same time. And, and the way he does it, it his timing of, of everything is just perfect, impeccable. Hmm. So what is going to happen with you? When you look into your crystal ball right now, Trent, with you about to become an unrestricted free agent, after playing four years in this league, after becoming a seventh-round draft pick, the 244th overall selection out of Florida, where do you see Trent Brown's future? Um, hopefully it's somewhere where I can uh, build some longevity, um, somewhere that will be a great place and great fit uh, schematically uh, in the locker room, on the field, and also a great fit for my family as well. Any chance you're back in New England? Um, it, that was, that's definitely um, something I would love. But hey, got we're gonna cross that bridge when we get there. Business is business, correct? Yes, sir. You made a million nine last year, one point nine million last year. What's the major paycheck that you're gonna earn this offseason going to mean to you and your family, Trent? Well, uh. Ever since I got drafted seventh round, I felt like that was uh, definitely lower than expected, lower than I ever wanted to go. But uh, it all happened for a reason. But uh, I felt disrespected by it, and uh, I've been waiting for this for this time for a long time now. I've been putting in the work, busting my. Ass. Um, I took a week and a half off, and I'm already back to training because I don't. I definitely don't want to want people to feel like oh uh, he's. He's going to get paid and then get lazy. Nah, I'm, 
I want to I want to continue to win. I want to continue to get better, and I want to continue to to chase my goals. You talk about feeling insulted when you drop to the seventh round in the two hundred forty fourth overall pick. How does somebody your size, the biggest player in the NFL, six foot eight, three hundred eighty pounds, adept in the pass blocking area? How does somebody your size, that skilled, drop that far? I'm not really sure. Uh, I know some, a lot of times in, in this in this game, this league, a lot of major sports, uh, word of mouth is more valuable sometimes than the actual play or character of the actual being and player. I feel like that has a lot to do with it. Um, but, hey. Uh, it happened how it happened. We're here. And uh, I think it definitely worked out in my favor. Everything. I remember talking to the 49ers when you were made available. And the one thing that came to me was that you were as good a pass blocker as there was in the entire NFL. Is there anybody that can pass block like you, Trent? No, sir. What makes you so good in that area? Um. I'm honestly, I'm just, I'm a, I'm an athlete uh, with a huge frame, and I can move just as well as a guy who's six three, three twenty. If and I move a lot better than those guys in some cases, most cases I say, um, and I credit that to my dad uh, not allowing me to play with with kids my age when I was growing up. I always played with uh, age groups above my uh the age of my own and then uh finding out that some of those kids were actually way older than I was like I remember I was five and some of those kids were in middle school already you know a lot of a, a lot of times that type of stuff goes on in little league football I'm sure you've heard how the birth certificates get fudged and all that stuff but uh I, I growing up I was always a skilled player um, and I just started playing off the line when I got to high school, really. How aware of the fact were you that you were the heaviest player in the NFL? Is that something that's on your mind ever? You ever think about? Uh, it doesn't really, it doesn't, it didn't really phase me. I don't really think about it. Um, only, only time it would, it would really come to mind is when everybody would, uh, be trying to make it as if it's a problem or, that's the reason uh, things may not go the right way or whatever. But uh, I make the same blocks everybody else makes. Uh, I make better blocks than a lot of other people make. Uh, but I, I, I feel like sometimes they just they have to have something bad to say about somebody. Sometimes. Well, I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think in a league of giant men. It's kind of cool that you are the heaviest one of all. And I don't mean that in any kind of insulting way. You're a Super Bowl champion. You play left tackle. You're as good a pass blocker as there is in the NFL. There's nothing insulting about it. But there's nobody bigger than you. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of neat. But sometimes sometimes people try to use it as a – definitely as a light dimmer, I feel like. Uh, but I don't, I don't see it as that at all. I would think it would be something that would make you more attractive as a free agent, and I really mean that. Right. What is your ideal playing weight, Trent? Do you have one? Um, I finished the season at a three, I usually three sixty five, three seventy, somewhere in there. 
seventy. And what and what would you like to play next season at? Uh, somewhere in there. Oh, he's good. Now, do you have do you have an area that you'd like to go? Like you played high school football in Albany, Georgia. Would you like to go back down south? Would you like to go back out west where you played the first three years of your career? Do you have a certain preference, or is it just more most important to find a place that you fit in that wants you as badly as you want them? Right. Uh, location really doesn't matter to me. It's just uh, finding a home. That's what's most important. And is anybody from New England, Tom Brady or Sony Michelle, or anybody that depends on you doing your job, has anybody come and said to you, Trent, don't go anywhere. We want you here in New England. Um, I don't think anybody's outright just come out and said it, but uh, just uh, definitely a small, small conversation here and there. Um, has has definitely occurred. Any chance you get franchise tagged or transition tagged here, Trent? I don't know. Has anybody mentioned that to you? No, sir. Well, then perhaps you will be the unrestricted free agent that you desire to become here. <laughs> right? Now, yes, when sir. we flash ahead to March 11th, 12th, 13th, when negotiating can begin... And contracts can be signed. What will that period be like for you? Where will you be and what will be going through your mind at that time? I'll be in Miami with my agent, uh, sticking close by him, uh, working out and with my family. Um, as I was when I got drafted, um, I'm going to finish it the same way. And when you get that contract, is there anything that you have set out to do financially, like Buy a new house, buy a new car, buy your parents a new house, anything like that that is a financial priority to you, Trent? Uh, I'm definitely going to take care of my parents first. Uh, I was blessed before birth by having those two as my parents. I definitely feel like they're two angels in uh, walking this earth. Uh, and I, I'm just highly appreciative of, of both of them. Um, and I just want to, everything they've given me, I want to, give that back to them tenfold. Wow. So Mama and Papa Brown are going to get taken care of here, huh? Yes, sir. You know, listen, if my parents made me and I was six foot eight instead of five foot eight, I would be taking care of them too, Trent. (laughs) Yes, sir. But they didn't do that for me. But you got the gift of gab, though. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't know about that. I'd rather be a free agent like you with a Super Bowl ring on my finger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, Trent, I thank you for taking the time today. I wish you lots of luck in the weeks to come. It's going to be very interesting and exciting to see where you wind up, and I hope you get everything that you deserve. Yes, sir. Be blessed. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. We should ask Adam. Well, time to ask Adam, and it's time for me to turn it over to my trusted producer and friend, Josh Macri, to field the questions and throw them back at me, and we thank you all in advance for those questions. So, Josh, what do you got for us this week? We're on a roll, Adam. We had some good questions last week, the week before that. The callers delivered again this week. We've got this first voicemail asking about whether or not the Colts are in line to be the next Los Angeles Rams. What's good, Adam? It's John from Eugene. So in the 2017 season, we saw the Rams make the playoffs and then go crazy in free agency and the following year make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, this past year, we saw the Indianapolis Colts make the playoffs, win a game, and now they have the most cap space in the league. 
Do you see them making a similar run to free agency this offseason to try to make a Super Bowl run? Well, John, Thanks, Adam. I, well, John, I think the general manager, Chris Ballard, has done a great job assembling the talent there. Their draft class last year was stellar, and now, as you mentioned, they have as much cap space as anybody in the league. I think Buffalo and the New York Jets are also right up there, and we'll see what teams release what players, which will further clarify who has the most space. But going in, nobody has much more space than the Colts. So you know that Chris Ballard is going to be spending money. But here's the thing. You can't just go spend money willy-nilly and not consider all the people that you want to keep. Like at some point in time, they're going to have to re-sign Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard and big money to all these guys. And they're going to be planning for the future. But that doesn't mean they're not going to be ultra-aggressive now. I think they will be. I think they have a chance to do what the Rams did last year. I think the Colts could be a favorite in the AFC next year. And as long as Andrew Luck stays healthy and they keep accumulating talent, John, there's no reason that this team won't be competitive, a contender every single year going forward. Now, Adam, since the last time we released a podcast, the uh, Ravens and Broncos, of course, agreed on that yeah. trade in principle that will send Joe Flacco to the Rocky Mountains. And our next caller wants to know a little bit more about what that means for Denver. Hey, Adam. Nate calling here from North Dakota. I'm a lifelong Denver Broncos fan. I have a question for you about the trade for Joe Flacco. Uh, do you think he was a good guy to bring in as a bridge quarterback for the team? considering he didn't seem to want to be very uh, helpful with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore late last season? That's a good question, Nate. Listen, we'll have to see. I think maybe when you go through an experience like he did and you get to be 34 and you've had some of the injuries, I think sometimes your perspective changes. I think he's fighting to hold on to something that he really wanted to keep in Baltimore, and now he recognizes he's in a different phase in his career. At least that's what I would think he would think. I don't know that that's how he thinks, Nate, but that's how I would think he would think. And look, Joe Flacco at the age of 34 with the injuries that he does have, I he's got to realize, what has he got left? Two, three, four more years, tops here, to play? So you might as well come in. Denver wants him as a starting quarterback. Assuming he comes in as the starter, plays well this year, he'll be the starter again next year. I don't think Joe Flacco's got anything to worry about. As long as he's playing to his capabilities and performing, he'll keep playing. He'll keep starting. If he doesn't, then, yeah, that becomes an issue, and we see how he handles it. I've always had the most respect for players that have handled that gracefully. I've seen it both ways where players have basically iced out players competing for their jobs, which I never liked or respected, and I've seen players welcome competition, welcome younger, talented players, and embrace the idea that one day these guys are going to take over. I think Joe Flacco's smart enough to recognize where he's at at this point in his career, but we'll see how he handles it this season, Nate. From one quarterback who's currently experiencing a change of scenery to another one who could be experiencing that change in a year or two. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Uh, my name's Jeremy. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, what are the chances that the Dallas Cowboys extend Dak Prescott's contract this season, or will they just let him play out the last year of his rookie deal? A good question, Jeremy. Look, Dallas, I don't expect to be active in free agency at all because Dallas is going to wind up, I think, franchising Demarcus Lawrence, want to re-sign him, want to re-sign Dak, want to re-sign Zeke Elliott, want to re-sign Amari Cooper, Jalen Smith, Byron Jones. Look, we can go on and on. I think it's a testament to the type of talent, the amount of talent that they've brought in there that they have to re-sign. And Dak Prescott is a major part of that. Make no mistake about it. Yes, I think they're going to re-sign him this offseason. The question is, what is the most fair number for a guy like Dak Prescott? 
we've seen quarterback salaries really start to take off here. And the top quarterbacks are making the 30s a year. Is Dak Prescott going to want $30 million a year? Are the Cowboys going to be able to get him for, I don't know, making up a number here, 23 24 $25 million a year? Are both sides good with that? What's the right number? But I don't have any doubt that they want to resign him, and both sides will make every effort to get a deal done this offseason. From the quarterbacks, Adam, let's go to the running backs for this next Ask Adam question. Hey, Adam. Andy from Huntington Woods, Michigan. Uh, with several teams looking for you know improvements at running backs, such as Ravens, Dolphins, Texans, Jets, I'm just wondering uh, what you've heard as far as like what moves they'll be making, you know, which ones will be moving to make moves through free agency and which ones they're going to try and build through the draft. Uh, appreciate the time. Thanks. Yeah, it's a great question, Andy, and I appreciate you asking it. You know, when we look at the free agent running backs out there right now, a lot of good, interesting players at that position. Le'Veon Bell, Tevin Coleman, Mark Ingram, Jay Ajayi, TJ Yeldon, CJ Anderson, Spencer Ware, Frank Gore, Mike Davis, Adrian Peterson, Bilal Powell, Darren Sproles. We go on and on. You see right there, there is the list of names. And I think that teams have recognized that they really can't get by with just one back. So even if you're the Dallas Cowboys and you've got Rod Smith backing up Ezekiel, you know you need some depth there. Like how often do we see this over and over? And so I don't think any team says, boy, we, you know, we've got a desperate need here running back that we have to go fill. Although some teams' needs are greater than others, of course. Uh, but everybody needs to add some of these backs. And everybody's going to look to draft some of these backs. And we've seen the impact that some of these guys can have. When the Saints drafted Alvin Kamara in the third round, they didn't have a screaming need for a back. Had that work out for them? So, again, Andy, I don't, I don't know that you could say, boy, the Ravens have the biggest need, and therefore they're going to be all in on Le'Veon Bell or Tevin Coleman. I just think the running back position is different, unique, and plentiful. Let's close it out with a question about coaches for our final Ask Adam voicemail. Uh, hey, Adam, this is uh, Deontay. I'm a New Orleans Saints fan uh, living in Georgia. And I want your opinion on on which of all the new head coaching jobs that people just got, which coach do you think has the, a chance to make an immediate impact and based on what team they went to and the situation that they got put in, or that they accepted to offer for, which team you think has the best chance of succeeding and doing well next season, such as what we saw with uh, Sean McVay and the Rams? Which coach out of all the new hires do you think inherited the best situation and can use their scheme and their talents to make a team uh, instantly in the uh, competitive conversation for next year? Well, thanks for the question, DeAndre. I would say, look, we've seen this every year. Last year, Matt Nagy came in with the Bears and took over, and they won that division. I think always you're going to go back to the quarterback, right? So Matt LaFleur of the Packers gets Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. So I would think off the bat, Matt LaFleur has the best chance to make the quickest impact. Adam Gase in New York. Sam Darnold, I think, has a very bright future. I think Adam Gase has the chance to take over in the same way that Matt Nagy did the year before with Mitchell Trubisky coming off his rookie year. Darnold's coming off his rookie year. Trubisky had a bright future. Darnold's got a bright future. Bears had some talent, particularly on the defensive side. Jets have some talent, particularly on the defensive side. So I could see the Jets taking a jump under Gase. I could see the Packers excelling under Matt LaFleur. And I think those are two guys right away 
that stand out as guys that could make a difference this year in terms of the new head coaches. Look, um, we know that these coaching classes change over every single year, and we see seven, eight coaching changes every single year, and it'll probably happen again. But I think that you look at LaFleur, you look at Gase, uh, those guys just jump out to me this year as having a chance to do good things right away. Good voicemails. You've been really bringing them the last couple weeks, and keep them coming. Call us, 860-506-5779. Be sure to leave your name so you get acknowledged on the show and you can show all your friends that you made an episode of the Adam Schefter Podcast. 860-506-5779. Leave your name and your Ask Adam question. So thank you, the listeners, for your Ask Adam questions again. Thank you to the Patriots starting left tackle, Trent Brown, who's about to become an unrestricted free agent when free agency opens the week of March 11th in the NFL. And special thanks to Charlie Ward, who could speak to the mindset of Kyler Murray as he gets ready for the Combine in Indianapolis next week, which is where we'll have next week's podcast from, the Combine in Indianapolis. Tune in, everybody, and thanks for listening this week.